Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Good morning, everybody. Isn't it a beautiful day out there? It's still winter. You know that, right? So if the weatherman's right, which, of course, like you know, he always is, um, Tuesday, 59 degrees. Okay, whatever. By the way, I hope he's right. Don't misunderstand, but I hope he's right. I'm all about 59 degrees. Welcome. If it's your first time with us today, if you would stop by the Welcome Center, we would like to officially welcome you and give you a gift. If you're joining us online for the first time, there might be a QR code and there might not be. I don't really know. There it is. There's a QR code and you can scan that and let us know that uh, you're out there listening and watching and that always is an encouragement to us. Uh, let's see, Camp Leonard Wood Pantry, we're still uh, gathering things for that. If you say, wow, we don't have much, well, you know, we, there's always room for more, but we've been taking it over to the house, uh, so there's uh, piles of stuff upstairs at the house, but uh, there's one thing that's glaringly missing for a ministry to soldiers, and that is coffee. Uh, nobody's brought any coffee. So uh, just letting you know, if you're looking for something to get, hey, there, now next week we'll have like 27 things of coffee. You know, but anyway, it's, uh, it's coffee. You can never have too much coffee, right? So uh, that's just my opinion. But we're taking up those, and we'll get those through the end of the month, and then we're going to be taking them down to uh, the Hazelwoods. Speaking of the Hazelwoods, by the way, Robert is home. So Robert, if you're watching, uh, welcome uh, to the service. Awana Grand Prix, there is a quick parent meeting right after the service right over here. Uh, I'm aware, everybody's aware that there's also another event taking place for uh, some of the parents, so that's the Super Bowl Sunday that's happening right after the service this morning as well in the Fellowship Hall. That's the gift class, and the teenagers and their families are all invited over there. So uh, if that's you, if you're involved in that, you can be there, but stop by, if you would, please, quickly for the Awana meeting first. That would be a blessing. The SBT Kids Spring Trip is coming up Saturday, March the 30th going to the Louisville Zoo. Uh, you can sign up on the bulletin board between the buildings, and payment is due by March the 10th. Uh, price is $15 for ages 12 and up, $10 for ages 11 and below, and I'm assuming below three, you're in for free. I don't really know. It doesn't say that. So, And then camp is coming fast and furious, right? It's going to be here before you blink and know it. Uh, so that's Kobiak this year, July 15th through the 19th. $50 deposit is due by March the 7th. If you would see David, that would be a great help to us to know that your teenagers are coming. Uh, looking forward to going back up to Kobiak. And then our missionaries of the week are Jim and Myra Wright, who are replacement missionaries. So that means that when they've retired, but when another missionary goes on furlough, they go and kind of fill in. They left last week for Germany, so they're now in Germany. Uh, they just, and this is from them, just finished a replacement in Canada. Uh, they arrived in Germany to uh, fill in for the tallies. That's another set of missionaries. Uh, they'll be in South Korea for seven months, beginning April the 2nd. And uh, they praise the Lord for travels, for spiritual growth, uh, or um, for spiritual growth in Germany, things that are happening. The church has grown spiritually and is taking responsibility uh, since the last visit. They ask that we would pray for Michael and Sonia, their German friends who need to be saved, and uh, they ask for ask to pray for an effective translation in South Korean. So uh, if you would pray about that as well. If you happen to know South Korean and Greek and Hebrew, you can see them, I guess. Uh, and you might want to see me because I'd just be interested in meeting you. Uh, but anyway, uh, then pray for smooth closing on their new house uh, as they're getting ready to move as well. All right, anything else? Let's have the men come. We're going to take up our tithes and offerings. Tonight we'll be dealing with Taylor and Maddie. Uh, so if you can come prepared for that, I'll talk about that a little bit later on in the service, but just kind of uh, come prepared for that tonight. And it uh, seems like uh, I was going to share with you, there's a prayer chain that went around. You already know about Robert, but um, the Staperts' great-grandchild, was that what it, who it was? A great-grandson uh, was in the hospital not doing well, but uh, he got out of the hospital this morning. So uh, he's doing much better, and we praise the Lord for that. Matt, would you ask God's blessing on
Amen. Thank you, David. I love that third verse where it says, There in my Savior's love, perfectly blessed. Right? We're going to sing about that this morning. But before we do, uh, yesterday was a very special day. We had our very own pastor's 63rd birthday yesterday. So we're going to sing happy birthday to him, Rachel. Are you, are you ready to play that? No? Okay, well, we'll just sing it without any... Oh, there we go. <laughs> All right, we're going to sing... We can sing without any music. We'll sing together. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear pastor. God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right. Well, we'll find out more tonight when you're doing it. But we just thought we'd sing for him. So someone requested there's a good picture there as well. So go ahead and stay with me now. We'll all sing about God's redemption and his love they showed to us on Calvary.
embarrassing at this point. congregation which are able please stand for the reading of sacred scripture the epistle of paul the apostle to the romans chapter 12 beginning in verse 9 let love be without dissimulation abhor that which is evil cleave to that which is good be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another not slothful in business fervent in spirit serving the lord rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. 
recompense to no man evil for evil, provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. May the Lord prosper his word, whereto he sent it, remain standing. We're going to continue our theme of redemption by saying, since I have been redeemed. because it talks about how we don't need anything else, right? We just talked about God's love and the redemption that he, he paid for, he bought for us, and we don't need anything else. All we need is Jesus Christ, and he's enough. 
for me to get to heaven. He's enough for me to live my life now. He's all that I need, right? So we're going to sing all four verses. So go ahead and stand with me as we sing all four verses. You should know this song. If not, listen on the first verse. We'll sing the next three.
know that safe with him remains, protected by his power. His power, what I've committed to his hands until my ashamed to own my Lord, to make him my own and be clear about the fact that uh, that is true, uh, as I'm owning up to it, right? I just love the concept there. Matthew chapter 22 is where we're going to be, Matthew chapter 22. So uh, before we get started on that, a couple things I'll mention to you. Uh, I forgot to mention earlier that uh, John Dice is going to be having uh, surgery, is it Monday? A week from tomorrow, right? A week from tomorrow, Monday? So uh, pray for him as that comes up. Heart surgery, so they said, it's okay if I share what you told me? Yeah, good, okay. So they said, uh, if you're having some pains, it's okay, but if you have lasting pain, you're probably having a heart attack. Get to the hospital. So it's that kind of thing right there. So uh, just pray that uh, he'll have wisdom, because sometimes us guys don't always have a lot of wisdom. Have you ever noticed that, ladies? Sometimes we're just a little on the uh, <clears throat> stubborn side. I won't mention Darren Smith right now, but anyway, that, that's beside the point. <laughs> uh, he took a tumble on the ice yesterday, so I just pray for him. He's doing all right. He's probably watching online, and he can get mad at me later. I don't really care. <laughs> so anyway, then tonight we'll be dealing with uh, Taylor and Maddie, and so there's, there's two recurring themes that have come up in concern that people have said to me, and so I just want to address those, all right? Uh, one is, wow, we really haven't had a chance to get to know him much, and I know, I'm aware of how this process is. It's different than we've ever done before, right? We had Brett come in for two summers, and we got to know him before we thought about hiring him. We had Andrew didn't come in. Quite honestly, Andrew was kind of like this one, except the fact that many of you have known Andrew's family for years, and so you were familiar with Andrew's family because they're from around here. Uh, this one's a little bit different. So how do, you, how do you approach that, Pastor John, when you don't really know somebody? Uh, well, I'm going to tell you. So what you do is you look at the school that you know that they went to. Okay, what do you know about the school? You look at the other churches that they've had, you know, relationship with, and what do you know about those churches? You look at references. There's, by the way, a statement of faith and some references on the back uh, out there on the table if you want to pick some up. His statement of faith is pretty much what you would expect it to be. You know, within the Independent Fundamental Baptist movement, there's a pretty narrow uh, statement of faith concept, right? So if you're in the movement, you pretty much have the same statement of faith. Uh, so I'm just letting you know. So now you just say, okay, so here's what we know. And, and then, you know, the rest is kind of done by faith, right? This is what we know, and we're going to just trust the Lord from this point forward. And, uh, you know, I know that that's a challenge. It's different than what we've been able to do it. But, you know, another weekend visit would not result in you really getting to know them. You, you understand how this works? It's not, that, it's not the way it works. And we're not, we're not in a situation where either we uh, can ask that of them, 
nor can our teenagers wait. You know, we've already put them on hold for a while, and just all, just so many things. You know, just we're not in a situation to say, let's bring them in for a couple of summers. You know, it just doesn't work that way. So, here we are. Just pray about it. Here's what you're not doing, all right? Well, at least I hope you're not looking for a feeling, right? Lord, just help me feel something. Well, you know, our feelings are problematic because our feelings are. Are, are you know they're based in our flesh and that's a problem so you, what you have to do is just look at what you know uh, is there any scriptural reason why we would not do this is there any biblical reason you know we look at this any any red flags and consistently i think we're coming up to those things i'm just trying to help you right as we get toward that tonight we'll uh, have a discussion and we'll go from there so the so the other thing the other concern was is he's young and uh and so i know <laughs> he's young and yet at the same time can i say this gently but not so gently uh, he's the exact age that Andrew was when we hired him he's the exact age that Brett was when we hired him that's kind of what it is now you know you're you're wanting somebody to work with teenagers you don't really hire 30 year olds to work with teenagers there's a reason for that because you'd have them for about a year let's see how old is Andrew you get the idea I mean there's a point at which they're like okay I'm no longer working with teenagers and so you kind of have a window of opportunity there. And I'm going to tell you, if you think about it the other way, youth is a great plus, right? They have energy that we don't all have. Uh, they have even just, I know, I turned 63. I'm still probably more energetic than many of you, but still, you get the idea. Uh, we don't, they don't have that kind of energy. We don't have that kind of energy. But here's what I like about it from a ministry perspective. Churches, if we're not careful, can fall into a rut. And you know what youth does? It brings new ideas and new challenges, and you have to think it through, and they make you think. Why do we do it this way? And sometimes we're like, because it's the way we're going to do it, and you just say that to the youth, and okay. But sometimes you're challenged, and so it, I, I love that. I lo that's, why, that's one of the great benefits of our interns coming in, is that they challenge you constantly, and uh, so it's a great thing. So there's pluses to youth, not, and I think the pluses, quite honestly, far outweigh the minuses. So, yeah, you're right, they're young, but of course everybody's got to start somewhere. So, anyway, I'm just going to throw those things out at you. Not a concern, but one other thing that comes up is, is people have said to me, Pastor John, why don't we just hire David? He's doing a great job. And you're absolutely right. I'm going to say this publicly. We couldn't have asked for a better person to fill in for Pastor Andrew. Because not only has he done an exemplary job, but he's loved our kids in doing it. And uh, what a joy. You know, that's exactly what we were asking him to do. And he stepped up and did it, and is doing it. But David has a calling on his life, and that calling isn't here. I'm just being honest with you, as honest as I know how. We said this at the very beginning, do you remember? We were like, we're not trying to pull David away from his call. And so we're not trying to pull David away from his call. Do you understand? <laughs> That hasn't changed, and so here we are, just where we are, and so uh, we'll come back tonight ready to do the first thing. We're in Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, we're going to start in verse 37, and read verses 37, 38, and 39. Now what we're doing, this is kind of weird, because last week we did love, and this week we did love, because something was right smack dab in the middle of this week. Valentine's Day, right? So this is not going to be the romantic side. Last week we really focused on love, and husbands, and wives, and that kind of concept, uh, this one's going to be a much broader concept of love in the scripture. Jesus said unto, them, unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Remember the guy comes up and says, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus says this, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. I mean, Jesus kind of gives the, the it's a quote from the Old Testament, and he gives this as the great commandment. Then he says, this is the first and great commandment. Then the second, verse 39, is likened to it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And I want to look today quickly at how God loves us, how we ought to love God, and how we ought to love our neighbor. Because quite honestly, it's the same love. There's really only one kind of love that's, that's biblical, right? There's three kinds of love in the Bible, but there's one kind of love that when God says this, that he's talking about. He's not talking about you know, loving God like a friend here. He's not talking about loving our neighbor like a friend here. He is talking about loving God with our heart and our soul and our mind 
and the second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. And he, of course, gave us the great example first. Father, as we look at this truth, help us to see your great love and to mirror that love in our love for you and our love for one another. And Father, we will thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, this is that great love. Now, here's what the Bible says. God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son, right? The Bible you know, declares to us that Jesus loved us and loved the Father so much in Philippians chapter 2 that he became obedient even to the death of the cross. The, the love that God has for us is sacrificial in nature. Absolutely no question about it, right? The Bible you know, declares in Isaiah chapter 53 that all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all, right? And, and if you go on to read down, I think it's verse 12. I'm paraphrasing now. But the Bible says that when the Father shall see the prevail of the Son, the, 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 the pain and the, the difficulty the, of the Son at that moment when he became sin for us who knew no sin, then the Father is satisfied, and Jesus became obedient unto that. So there's no question that God's love for us is reflection of this great love. Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is the great love chapter. And so I want us to look through this love chapter, and then I want us to say, are we mirroring this love back to God? Because this is what it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. It looks like 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And then when he goes on to say, and love your neighbor as yourself, and by the way, and I'll give you this challenge, lest I forget it later on, but you know, our neighbor, uh, Jesus, is really specific about this. At one point he says, which one was neighbor to this? Do you remember that story? What story is it? The Good Samaritan, right? And so they're like, okay, so how do we love our neighbor? And Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. There was a guy who was you know, left for dead alongside the road, and one, you know, the, the priest passes by, and the Levite passes by, and then the Samaritan comes by, and he stops and helps him and everything else. And Jesus asked the question, which one was the neighbor? And he says, it's the, it's the Samaritan, right? It's the one who exemplified the love found in 1 Corinthians 13. So whether it's to our spouse, or whether it's to our God, or whether it's to our neighbor, the love all looks the same. Do you understand? We are to love in the same way. So 1 Corinthians 13 goes on. It starts out to tell us what it looks like when we don't love the right way, right? Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. So I can sound really good. I can write poems. This morning in my Sunday school class, in honor of, thanks, or Thanksgiving, in honor of uh, Valentine's Day, we wrote love poems, okay? Uh, just as a quick little warm-up game, you know. So I said, I'll start it out. You finish it. Roses are... You finish it. Uh, yeah, no, not you. I'm saying this is what I said in my class, right? And they had to write one that was romantic in nature and one that was funny in nature. Well, I tell you, you know, it was like, I don't remember exactly how it went, but it, was, it ended up the person being dead at the end. It's like, wow, okay. <laughs> that was, okay. If that's the funny one, I don't want to see your humor very very. Often. No, I'm just kidding. We had a great time. It was a lot of fun, but... You know, though it doesn't matter how flowery and poetic my words are, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, have not love, it's all what? Sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. It's just a bunch of noise. Sometimes that's the way our love looks. I'm going to say our love for God looks. We come to church and we make all kinds of flowery noise. It's called congregational singing. We stand up, and quite honestly, our church does this better than most. And we stand up and sounds wonderful. I wonder so, though, is it, is how often is it noise as opposed to an expression of love? Have you ever caught yourself not even realizing what you're singing? I mean, I could put you to the test a little bit. Like, so we just sang four congregational songs. Can you name one? <laughs> Since I have been reading, okay. Sometimes you get to, uh, Let's see, as soon as somebody, oh yeah, that's it, oh yeah. The, the problem, here's my point. We just get up, we go through the routine. Pastor Brett says, stand up and sing. We stand up and we sing. That's what we're supposed to do. And we have all kinds of 
flowery noise. But we haven't really stopped to think about the truth of what's coming out of our mouth. And we're missing something. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have a charity, I become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, it doesn't matter how much my talent and skill level is. And have not charity, I'm nothing. And even when I am being sacrificial in nature, if my sacrifice is intended on drawing attention to myself or intended on getting a tax break, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profited me nothing. That's not what it looks like. So when Jesus said, I'm to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, it's not found in verse 1, it's not found in verse 2, and it's not found in verse 3. Those are the ways that we can pretend our love, but that doesn't reach the level of Jesus' answer with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind. It doesn't reach that level. So let me get to verse 4. Now, this is a game that I often play with teenagers. Uh, it's not really a game, but it's a challenge I often play with teenagers because, uh, you know, in our world, in our day and age, love is all about feelings, right? It's just all about feelings. Some of you have to, you have to be old to know that song. I'm sorry, I know. You've got to be old to know that song. The teenager's like, oh? <laughs> all right, but if you live through the 70s, First of all, I'm sorry. But uh, then secondly, there you go. So it's not, you know, we sometimes think that that's what love is all about, right? But I want you to stop me the moment you hear a feeling. We're starting in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, in other words, you don't embarrass the people you love, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, maybe, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, charity never faileth. And I'm telling you that what love is, is a series of actions. It's what it is. It's choices that result in actions. And I know we could say provoketh, you know, that's maybe. We could say envy, that might be a feeling. I'm aware, but none of those are the, kind, they're the wrong kinds of feelings, right? It's like we don't think of love and provoke and love and envy, you know. And so it's actually going the opposite direction. It's not, it's, it's not the gushy. Now, God is gracious. He is a gracious God, and the feelings come as we make good choices. But what I want to ask us as we walk through this list together is, does this describe not your love for your wife? I'm not talking about that relationship today. I'm going to ask you, do these choices, these actions, reflect your love for God? Because I am to love the Lord my God with all my heart and with all my soul and with all my mind. So as I love God, teenager, it ought to be, Charity suffereth long. <laughs> now, help me here. What does that mean? Patient, all right? Could be patient. God, listen, have you ever noticed that God, God, what's the old saying? God is never late. How's it, how's it go? Something like God is never late. He's always on time, but his time doesn't match ours, right? I mean, the point is, we want it, we want it now, and sometimes God says, you know, I know what's best for you, and so you're going to say, trust me, and I'm not saying that you can't have this, I'm just saying that right now it wouldn't be beneficial to you, right? I would remind all of us of, you know, when God's talking about marriage, marriage relationship, right? God says, God, God, I'm not saying you can't have this, it's a wonderful thing, I want you to enjoy this. The, the marriage bed is holy and undefiled, the Bible says. But it's in his timetable, right? It's not just what you want. It's in his timetable. And so learning to be patient with God. Have you ever had to be patient with God? 
I mean, God's putting you through something, and you're saying, why, God, why? I mean, there are several people in our church going through things right now. We've been praying for them for weeks. And you know what God's saying to them? Trust me and be patient. Charity suffers love. If I'm going to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, I've got to get to the place where I am willing to trust God and quit trying to force my way on God. Charity suffered long. And in the process of suffering, charity does this and is kind. Do you, ever, you know, sometimes you don't have a choice but to suffer. You understand? I mean, God's the one that has to take the problem away, the situation away, the circumstance away. So you don't have a choice but to suffer. What can I do but just wait, you know? But while waiting, we're not supposed to be bitter. While waiting, we're not supposed to allow frustration to take over. Charity suffers long and is kind. Charity envieth not. That's a little tougher when we're talking about our relationship with God. Of course, you know, how do you envy God, who's absolutely perfect, and we're not? But have you ever looked at it this way? Have you ever caught yourself when things aren't going the way you think they should, and you look at somebody else's life, and you know something about that person, and they're not nearly as good as you are? You know? I can't believe, I can't, I, I, when um, we were going through our, our infertility, and we were just, we just wanted kids, you know, we just wanted kids, and God bless us with two wonderful kids, right, we just, but we just wanted kids, and it seemed like every unwed mother was somebody we knew, you know, it's like every time we turned around, there was some other person we happened to have someone in our family at the time, and they were popping out babies left and right, and they weren't married. And we would go home. I'm serious. And we'd be like, God, this isn't fair. We were struggling to not be envious when God was, you know, why, why God? Why wouldn't you do this for us? But you know what love does? Love puts the envy aside. Love says, I'm going to love God with all my heart, soul, and mind. I'm not going to let myself be distracted by what, what is happening in other people's lives. Charity suffers long, is kind, envieth not, vaunteth not itself, doesn't put itself above the other one. Well, I would never do that to God. Y'all need it with the children of Israel. Golden calf. Hello? <laughs> need it with the children of Israel. Wine complain. Need it with the children of Israel. We're, we're, we are the children of Israel, you know, in this equation, right? You understand this? That's us. Uh, you know, but... You know what charity does? Charity says, I'm going to bring myself where I belong and put God where he belongs. Vaunt is not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. It is the concept that I'm not going to bring embarrassment and shame to my family if I love them, to my God if I love him. So sitting in jail one night as a youth pastor, I had to come to the realization that I had shamed my Savior. I had shamed him. And that made another realization. I must not love him because love doesn't do that. You understand? Charity suffers long, is kind, even not vaunts not itself, is not puffed up, not behaves up, and seemingly seeketh not her own. Hello? You ever been fighting with God? I'm going to go this way, God. No, no, I want you to go this way. No, I'm going to go this way. No. By the way, who wins? I mean, hear, hear me out. We have a God who will let us go the wrong way. I can prove it to you. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of... He'll let you go that way. If you want to be stupid, he'll let you be stupid. But we also have a God who will do everything he can to prevent us from going the wrong way. So in the Old Testament, there's this wonderful story. I love this story about this group of guys that were like, we're going to go this way. And God said, no, no, go this way. Nope, we're going to go this way. God says, no, no, go this way. And so they go this way, and they meet some hornets who chase them this way. Right? And they end up going the way God wanted them to go. Not necessarily for the right reason, but they ended up going there, right? We, we have to get to this place where we are not seeking our own way. It is not about what we want. 
It is about what he wants. Right? This is how I love God with all my heart and soul and mind. Is not easily provoked. Now, you know, I'm, I just try to be transparent, you know. So I, I have patience in abundance with you folks. Minus two people on that side of the sanctuary. My son and my wife are both sitting over there. Have you ever noticed that? It's really easy to be patient with other people, but it's harder to be patient with your family. You ever, am I the only one in the room? Is that just me? So it's like, you know, you guys could say something and not, and I just don't get, I don't get, you know, stirred up about it. It doesn't get me angry. But, you know, Melody can do just one little thing, and it's like, and I walk away saying, she knows how to push my buttons. <laughs> As if I'm blaming her, right? You get the idea? It's like, it's her fault. She pushed the button. It's my fault that there's a button. Do you understand? That's my fault. There shouldn't be a button. What is God going to do that's going to provoke me? Because I'm supposed to love him. And I'm supposed to love her the way I love him. How can I pretend that I love him this way if I'm not loving her the same way? See the idea? Not easy to provoke. Thinketh no evil. The idea is that I'm not quick to believe the wrong thing. Have you, ever, have you ever done that? I know why they did that. They just did that to make me mad. <laughs> have, you ever, have you been that way? Like, am I like the only sinner in the room? I don't know. But, <laughs> and we're just so quick to do it. But you know what love that love is? Love thinks, no, why is it that we think, God, why did you let this happen? Why do we automatically assume that God is letting something bad happen to us when that same God has said, I will work all things together for good to them that love God. Does this make sense? Why would I be so quick to believe evil, to think, think of no evil? Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. I don't find any, any rejoicing in doing the wrong thing, but in, in living the right way. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, charity... This is to be my love to God. And I want to turn our attention, if we can, to our neighbor for just a little bit. All right? Don't have much time left. We already talked about our family last week. Let's turn our attention to our neighbor. And who is our neighbor? It's the guy that we passed who's laying alongside the road. You understand? I mean, we could say, you know, we could say, oh, it's supposed to be fellow Christians, because the Bible does say, especially those of the household of faith. But it does say, especially those, not exclusively those. Do you understand? The example Jesus gives has nothing to do with whether or not they're believers. We don't know anything about the guy alongside the road. The story is about the Good Samaritan. The only thing we know about the guy alongside the road is he was beaten up and left for dead. That's what we know about him. Our love ought to reflect this... You see, God doesn't say, well, love this one this way and this one this way and this one this way. God says, love. And when you do this, you are going to let people know that you are my disciple. That's what the Bible's showing us. So let's walk through the list one more time. And let me ask you, in helping your fellow men, ladies, men, you know, the, the fellow human beings around us, in stepping in, in playing the role of the Good Samaritan, does our love look like this? Charity suffers long and is kind. Have you ever started helping somebody and two days in you're like, oh, I can't believe they want, they still need me. Have you ever done that? <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> it's like, we suffer, but not that long, and in so doing, we're not always kind about it. You know, charity, you know what charity does? Suffers long. Remember the Good Samaritan, you know what he did? He came back, followed up, checked on, took care of. I mean, it was a process. He it was terribly inconvenient. Might have even been expensive. But that's what he did. Charity suffers long and is kind. Charity envies not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not iniquity, rejoiceth in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things, charity never faileth. It's not just my love toward God. It's not just my love toward my family. It is my love toward you, toward my neighbor, 
toward the person who I don't even know that God sends my way. We get this kind of stuff all the time here. You know, we really do. Recently, Pastor Brett will attest to this, and he knows that I haven't always had the right attitude about it. <laughs> but I've recently gotten a phone call from a guy. I've not yet met him. So he says, you know, hi, you know, Pastor John. I'm not going to tell you a name. He might be watching. And, and, and uh, he says, you know, I could use some help. I'm, I've had a doctor's visit. I'm from a different state. I had a doctor's visit. I'm here. I need a place to stay. So, you know, okay, you know how am I going to do this? So I, I, I don't just hand out money. For one, I don't have it, you know. So, uh, and, but so, okay, I'll call the hotel, and I'll set up. Well, the hotel person, actually, the, the third, third time I called the hotel because it kept getting extended. And as it was getting extended, you can ask Pastor Brett, my attitude was not as gracious as I started, <laughs> you know. And, but when I called the hotel the last time, the hotel manager said, I know this person's name. He passes through here quite often, and he always stays with us and had nothing but wonderful, glowing things to say about the guy. I'm like, Lord, thank you for, first of all, just helping me to keep my mouth shut when I should have kept it shut, right? And, and while I did express my frustration to Pastor Brett, I at least didn't express it to everybody, you know? And it's like, ah. And, and I, here's what's, I love God's sense of humor because, you know, I know what I'm going to preach on. <laughs> this is all this last week, by the way. <laughs> Like, okay, I'll try and learn this lesson because you know what? Love looks the same when God's the one giving it to us. He loves us this way. He asks us to love him this way. He asks us to love one another this way. And he asks us to reach beyond ourselves and love others the way he loves. It's a challenge. But it is the biblical approach. I'm asking us as we're finishing up Valentine's week. Do we love the Lord? Do we love him with all our heart, soul, and mind? And are we willing to love our neighbors as ourselves? The first and second of the great commandments are summed up by our Savior in that way. Heads bowed, eyes closed. What an opportunity when we love as we're supposed to. God is able to work in ways that are beyond us. Jesus says it, right? He says, and hereby shall men know that you're my disciples. This is, this is how we impact those around us. By expressing biblical, godly love to him, to each other to the lost and dying world around us. Are we ready to do our jobs here? And that's the big question. I don't know. I, mean, I think we're probably one of the most loving churches I've ever met. I'm just being honest with you. We do a great job loving each other. I don't have any idea how well we do loving outside of this room because I don't live with you. But I know my own challenges. <laughs> I know my own challenges. And so I figure if I'm challenged with it, I may not be the only one. Let's challenge ourselves to love God first and foremost, as we ought. And let 1 Corinthians 13 be our guiding compass here for how to love. Let's love each other in the 1 Corinthians 13 way. And let's love a lost and dying world in a way that shows them God's love. Say, Pastor John, I know I'm a Christian. That's not the issue. I know I'm a Christian. But pastor, whether it's loving God or whether it's loving others, I've been challenged this morning. I, I'm not stepping up. I'm not, I'm not challenging myself to reach out and, and accomplish greater than. I've allowed myself to fall into that rut of just doing what feels all right rather than comparing what I'm doing to the scripture. So pastor, I know all of us come up short. Don't misunderstand, but you say, pastor, God has spoken to my heart specifically. I'm coming up short in this area of expressing God's love to him, to others. Pastor, would you pray for me? 
Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Hands are shooting up across the place. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, many, many tender hearts here. God, we love, and yet, so often, like Peter, we're not quite there. God, forgive me when I fail you, when I get caught up in myself, instead of loving as you love. God, help us to express your kind of love back to you, to one another, to a lost and dying world. Be with each one that's raised their hand. Give them courage and boldness to follow through with this decision this morning. And Father, we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing Whiter Than Snow, Lord, Whiter Than Snow. The altar's open to you. If you uh, need to do business with the Lord, you step out and let the Lord have his way, would you? heard that ding from my watch just a moment ago, and it's, uh, it's Darren. He says, I'm watching. I'm not stubborn, and I love you, brother. <laughs> love you too, Darren. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to argue about the stubborn thing. I'll let you uh, deal with somebody else on that one. Anything else I'm supposed to be announcing? There's a WANA meeting right here immediately, and then teenagers and gift class and their teen families, you're heading over for the Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, we meeting today. Are we going to be able to meet today? Darren may not be here. I don't know if that matters to you guys or not, but I'll let you know. Uh, so anyway, and then tonight, uh, be ready for that. All right. Um, I forgot to mention next Sunday, uh, we are going, those, there's several people who would like to join the church. We'll do that next Sunday, right after the morning service, if you're interested. And then two Sundays from today, I think that's the calendar, right? Um, we are going to have a baptism Sunday uh, because there's a lot of you who are like, okay, I, want, I, I, I think there's about five of you that said, I'm going to join the church upon my baptism. All right, we've presented you to the church. We need to get you baptized. So uh, we're going to have a baptism Sunday. We should be able to fit that in two Sundays from today. All right, Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace. Love you all. God bless you. You are dismissed.